0: This is episode 48, Living an Intentional Life with Francis Kong. Mabuhay and welcome to the Best of You podcast, the home of inspiration for Filipinos around the world. Here's another inspiring interview designed to help you grow, impact, and become the best version of yourself. If someone get it!
1: Hey guys, and welcome to today's podcast. So excited, so excited to have you join us, to listen in, to be inspired, to be empowered, and hopefully to be able to apply what you're you're hearing into your personal life and into your business and into all aspects of your life that can empower you to become a better person. And wow, do we have a special guest for you today, Francis Kong. Possibly the number one or the most sought after, the most in-demand, inspirational speaker in the Philippines. And not just in this country, but especially all around the world to the OFW community. This guy, I felt, oh, I felt his presence. He is a powerful, intentional, oh, I really enjoy this this time with Francis. And I'm very grateful that he made time out of his extremely... Hectic schedule. He is an author of uh, eighteen books. He um, he does have a lot of engagements all across this country and obviously abroad. So grateful that he got a time to spend with us. And uh, yeah, without further ado, check out this amazing inspiration interview from Francis Kong. So Francis, thank you mm-hmm. so much for making time. For You're welcome, Mark. I feel very blessed since oh, you have you. been on my hit list <laughs> for a very long time. Thank you. So I, I
2: never knew you were an assassin. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> assassin of a different kind, I guess. <laughs> All right.
1: So Francis, let me, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Of what gave you joy in the last 24 hours?
2: I've never been asked that question, but it seems to be a simple question that requires a lot of contemplation because... I think I would say that practically every moment of the day, although not sounding or risking sounding like a lunatic, everything has always been joyful. What makes uh, joyful for me is that I'm constantly in the company of the people I love. When I do work outside with this uh, right smack in the middle of what I do best, speaking and training and uh, doing stuff. Uh, they're constantly with me, mm. and maybe that's uh, more than just the uh, doing what I'm doing, which is uh, imparting information and knowledge to people. The thing underneath that that gives me joy is that I'm practically doing this with the people I love all the time.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> As you're. Lovely lady wife is in our
2: company now. Oh, so. yes, yes, she's always with me. I always introduce her as my one and only treasurer <laughs> and treasurer as well. Ah, so it's practically impossible for me to function without her. Chief financial <laughs> officer of, of course. Of the song family. <laughs> and then uh, the person that assists me in my uh, slides and presentation and all the takey stuff happens to be my youngest daughter, Rachel. Mm. Yeah, so you have the mom and you have my youngest kid with me all constantly all the time in all of my travels and my talks. I mean, what else can you ask for more? Mm. Except my two kids, they have their own businesses and they're doing very well. Yes. So that gives me immense joy. Oh,
1: wonderful. Right. So Francis, you have been um, a speaker and a trainer for... Many years now, and he's been blessing so many Filipinos—not just here, Mm -hmm. um, but all around the world—and not just Filipinos; Mm -hmm. uh, lots of foreign nationals as well. Yes. And even yesterday, I was at an event where um, two or three people mentioned to me how influenced they were by you.
2: Oh, thank you. But
1: is there a particular compliment that you've received that's really meant a lot to you that you'd like to share with us?
2: I. I practically get a lot of compliments everywhere, especially after speaking to large audiences. I'm very comfortable talking to large audiences, and so the next day or that very day itself, I'll be flooded with a lot of comments, especially using my digital spaces, especially in Facebook. Uh, I have learned to sort of develop a healthy sense of amnesia (laughs) <laughs> by saying, thank you, Lord, uh, you've used this, and that's not my own workings alone. Had you not been in there, this would not have been made possible. Forget it and concentrate on the next next job. But what particularly stru- strikes the most is when I would have comments like, you know, Francis, I heard you many years ago, and I was a loser in school. Now I'm graduating with honors. Yeah. And I guess what tops them all is uh, when this little, when this young girl sent me a photo of her baby, and she said, "Thank you, Francis, for convincing me not to commit suicide and take my wow. own life. Sees my joy now, and uh, I thank you for giving me the right advice." That would have been a very wrong decision I've made, and would have killed this baby I love so much. For me, that's one of the top things that really gave me the most joy and blessings mm-hmm. whenever I get compliments for, from people like that.
1: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And Francis, on your journey, since obviously a lot of people look to you for guidance and wisdom and direction in their own life, mm-hmm. but for you, and I'll try and be succinct, but what is perhaps the best advice you got on your journey?
2: Um, that question would cover a lot of areas. Yeah. For example, in the area of advice as far as public speaking is concerned, the best advice I got came from a saintly old gentle man called Dr. Harut Sela. And when he saw how fidgety I was and how scared and nervous I was in my first ever public speaking thing that I had to do with him, he put his gentle arms around my shoulder <laughs> and he said, Francis, let me, let me just share an idea with you. You may be talking to one, ten, ten thousand, or a hundred thousand. Just pretend you're speaking to only one person and speak from the heart and don't get so messed up with a lot of formulas you need to follow all the time. So that for me gave me the best advice and second to that is when he said, you know Francis, my favorite part of the speaking is Q&A and I was amazed and I said, why? Because certain speakers are never comfortable with the question and answer portion. And then he looked at me and he said, That's the only portion of the presentation wherein I get to know the real needs of the audiences. Uh. And the best lesson I learned from him is this. It's not about me. It's all about my audiences and what I can do to add value to their lives. As far as uh, other best advice I have, they constantly come. Business advices come from my very own clients They may get me to do consultancy work for them, but what they fail to understand, or maybe they do in a sneaky way, is that I'm actually learning from them. Mm. And uh, some of the best business advices I have learned from them is, your people drive your business. No matter how smart and how good you are, your people grow the business for you, so it is your job to grow your people as well. And for life-giving businesses or, or life, the business of life in itself, and uh, the best advice is I'll constantly get on Sundays when I attend services. Mm. I mean, one teaching from the Bible with an application and an handling of scriptures yep. will just give me immense advice that can help me build my life skills all throughout my life, mm. and that has been immensely useful. Wow. Yeah.
1: And I really appreciate this, Francis, and, and this is a difficult question because I know sure. Was it two weeks ago you celebrated book number 18? Yes, yes, it Sub- is. Yes, so yeah. I'll ask this from two perspectives. Okay. So for those that are maybe not familiar with you uh-huh. or haven't read any of your books yet, All right. what is the number one book they should start with for, from your catalogue, <laughs> <laughs> this is a challenging question, yes, and for yes. you, outside of you, yeah. what, what was the number one book that you would recommend people to start? Because I know you are very yes. passionate about promoting people with the habit of reading. Right. So do you want to talk to that?
2: Right. For people who are not accustomed to reading and they have an interest for my books, I would like them to start with a funny, light, and uh, insightful, humor-filled book entitled The Early Bird Catches the Worm, But the Second Mouse Gets the Cheese. (laughs) There are other books that are kind of serious. There's a uh, book of compilation of 44 tremendously well achievers and winners in their own field. In a book compiled, uh, having them share their best lessons learned during their dining table experiences with their parents. And that book has won awards entitled Family Matters. Mm And then when people ask me, Francis, what's the best book I can buy from your list? Mm. My traditional answer is, I haven't written it yet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Great wonder.
2: (laughs) Now, for somebody who wants to start the habit of reading books, the first book that I ever read that created such a tremendous impact on my life is an old book written by Charles Swindoll entitled The Quest for Character. Mm-hmm. And then, if people want to be inspired, you can't go wrong with Max Lucado books. Any title under Max Lucado would give you that doses of inspiration you need. And then, eventually, whether what, what is it that you want? I really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Thank you.
1: In, let's switch the two subject to the topic of change. Okay. And you could say, for essentially all the services and. Sp- talks that you deliver, mm-hmm. you are encouraging people mm. to make positive changes. Yes. But for you, Francis, uh-huh. if you look back on your life, what, is, what change are you proud of the most? What's the best change you've ever made?
2: That's a great question. I think the most effective way to effect change in me is shame and humiliation. Ooh. You know, when I do mistakes and then it uh, explodes right on my face. It will always be a great lesson for me to learn from it rather than despising people who hate me for it or rather than, uh, you know, feeling sad about the mistake and the stupidity that I've made. I would process that and say, okay, Francis, what mistake did you make? What careless or useless words did you say at that time that elicited that kind of reaction? And then I will learn from it. Mm -hmm. And that becomes a great lesson. a great platform for change. Others would uh, require certain life events that would be dramatic. Mm -hmm. Like for example, I keep on saying, when everything is working well for you, the tendency for you to change is very little. You would want to defend what is working. But things that are not working for you will now force you to a uh, position of wanting to change situation. And so those things we call adversities and trials are perfect uh, instruments that would have affected change in my life, and they did. And uh, when you summarize all of these things, I would say that change will only happen if we make change a choice. It is a willful, it is an act of the will, a reasoning work not just feelings, because when we have feelings rule over our reasons, chances are we want to hold on to what is comfortable. But when reason dictates that we need to get out of that comfort situation and that affect change for the better, then we have the choice of changing and then change can take effect. The other realization in my life is this. Any speaker, any trainer, any facilitator, educator like me, we can only teach. We cannot make people learn. Exactly. That is exactly the reason why Mahatma Gandhi would say, you have to be the change you want to see in the world. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, there's this saying that is so apt and right when that saying says, the moment the student is ready, the teacher appears. Mm -hmm. So, when we summarize all of these things, here's my conclusion. Either I change or I refuse change. But if I do... I will be changed, and that would not be a very good experience. Mm. So, I might as well preempt everything and change by my own initiative mm. to become better.
1: Let's build on this, Francis V. Minds. All uh, right. A lot of people, and I'm going to include myself here, because mm-hmm. preve- one of the reasons I prevented making significant positive changes in my life mm-hmm. is fear. Yes, I have been par- paralyzed by fear mm-hmm. uh, for whatever that may be—fear of rejection, fear of yes. being ridiculed. Yeah. Can you take, maybe in your lifetime? I don't know if you want to go back to your teenage years or however far you want to go back, where you've been almost paralyzed by fear. But how you've overcome that?
2: Oh yes, I have, because you hit it right smack on the on its uh, center point, which is fear prevents us from change—the fear of the unknown. Now, what has happened is to counter fear, you and I need to acquire knowledge. Mm-hmm. Now, knowledge is something that does not come to you and interfere you while you're in the middle of doing something. Knowledge is something you seek to find. You have to seek knowledge. In other words, knowledge as its DNA wants to be sought. Mm-hmm. Not, not, knowledge is as real as it is. And it has nothing to do with our will. Two times two equals four, no matter what I will it to be, it's gonna be two times two equals four. And so I have to seek the two times two equals four thing and include that in my repertoire of things that help reduces my fear of math. And so the fear of something is the fear of the unknown. When you fill that unknown vacuum with things that will be known, with its which is knowledge, then it reduces the fear.
1: Mm. Uh,
2: another thing is this. You have to be intentional with seeking truth and knowledge. Yes. And uh, to be intentional, you have to remember the DNA of knowledge. Let me put it this way. Rarely does knowledge come and interrupt you while you're in the middle of doing class of (laughs) Clans. You gotta get out of what you've been doing and then seek knowledge in itself. And knowledge is verifiable because knowledge is independent of anyone's will. You usually bump against knowledge and that knowledge in itself when you embrace it reduces your fear. Mm -hmm. Now I may sound very philosophical so let me give this in a very useful way. I have fear of heights because I never knew what was going to happen. But I've always been challenged by doing the bungee jump. So I researched on bungees. And I realized that of all the people who have gone up the Macau Towers, who is now known during those days, perhaps their record has been broken. During those days, the Macau Towers is known as the highest bungee jump commercial place in the world at 233 meters or equivalent to a 70-story building. I studied it. I researched on it. I realized that the oldest guy who ever jumped from the towers, an 86-year-old guy, and so far there's been no death whatsoever, no injury, it is very scientifically done. After seeking the knowledge, I decided to take the leap. Oh. So I jumped over the Mahal Towers, and it was one of the most exhilarating experiences, and I won't do it again. Be- not because of the fear itself, but because of the fear of the payment, because it's costly. But if they were offered to if they were to offer it to me for me for free, I would do it again and again. Because that part of the fear has been replaced by knowledge, yeah. knowledge of the truth, and knowledge of a highly evaluated personal experience. Mm. So truth and experience, when you combine that, it reduces fear. And that is precisely the reason why I keep on barking on the fact that people have to become readers and they have to take they experience themselves and evaluate truth and knowledge as it is without revising it. Yeah. And that helps fear. If any person can realize this process, then in anything that they do, they can find a higher probability for success. I love that. I don't know if that's making that's sense. That's a great answer. Yeah, really thank is. you.
1: I want to talk about um, adversity. Okay. Um, I've got two more questions on adversity, and it's related sure. to. Quitting on the brink of quitting, and mm-hmm. folks that are going through—well, for once we call it moments of despair, or almost depression—and I've yes, I want to put my hands up straight away. I've been so close to quitting so many things, mm-hmm. and I've gone through my own depression spells. Even right. though, you know, being a man, especially, we're not supposed to admit this weakness or perceived weakness. Yeah. So, can you take us to a time in your life, first of all, your life, and the advice you would give others who are on the brink of quitting, oh, and yeah. the quitting could be quitting their dreams, quitting Mm -hmm. even the country, Mm -hmm. quitting pursuing what they love. Uh, Can you talk to that based on your own experience in terms of...
2: Yes. The mindset is a very curious thing and it has to be handled with extreme care. Maybe that's the reason why even scriptures are full of things that govern the mind Uh, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Whatever that is lovely and pure and honorable, let your mind dwell on those things. If you take a look around you, we are immense with a, a pretora of negative things. Yes. This is why the mind works like a computer hard disk. You feed it with garbage. You, you produce garbage itself. You feed it with a lot of negative things. You will produce negative things. Adversity now produces different things. In our mind, our natural response will be either flee, flight, or fight. Now the thing that causes us to fear and the thing that causes us to quit is that we are so advanced in putting ourselves in an imaginary situation of losses. And so what we, what we view that would uh, cause depression in us is the loss. But business people know this, investments involve putting out something first, seemingly losing at something in order to gain a greater thing. Mm. Sometimes adversity does that to us. It may go, make us go through the process of certain perceived losses. But when we stick to it, learn the process, get counsel, learn how to deal with it, manage it correctly, have the perseverance, sticking on the subject matter of truth and standing on the foundation of what is righteous, it could just be just that tiny moment away from victory. And then the gains would come. Sometimes people feel that they can't handle it anymore. And this is something that disturbs me. There are so many young people today who have very low tolerance for adversity. Whereas I have been taught this motto before, never give up, never surrender. If at first you don't succeed, then continue doing it. Today, the mantra seems to be, if at first you don't succeed, try something else. And so certain people will go from trying one thing to another thing, but at just that inflection point that would bring you to success, you quit because you want to try something else and that's not a good thing. Character is always developed during adversity because through it you learn. Character never comes during comfortable times because you tend to hold on to what was old and what was working for you. And that's why every person should view adversity as a form of investments in building your character and as an inflection point to bring you to the next level of achievement, mm. without which it is practically impossible. Mm. Yeah. So that's how I view adversity.
1: This is beautiful. Francis, a lot of our listeners, the source of their adversity is from their loved ones. Yes. It's from their own family, mm-hmm. people that they expect the support from but yet are getting a lot of criticism. Or um, okay, uh, Can you talk to them right now? What, what advice would you give them where it's, it's coming from their own loved ones?
2: The very foundation of uh, being negative is fear again. The worry about things that might have happened when it has not yet happened. You know, worry, as be, has been described by somebody I can't remember who quoted this originally, worry is interest paid before problems come due. And so, I would like to gently persuade people to uh, comfort their loved ones into saying that there are needed risks we need to take in order to achieve the next level. And uh, to ask the comfort of encouragement from them as well. You know, I've been through a lot. I've. Uh, put my money in businesses and they've all lost money, I've made some pretty stupid decisions out of my own stubbornness and pride, but if there's one thing that has worked for me is that my ilokana, the term of endearment I assigned for my wife, you will never hear her say, I told you so, because those words never work, it doesn't solve the problem, And there are two Filipino words that I would like to use as powerful enough encouragement for people taking risks. And these two words are, walang sisihan. In other words, no need to blame anyone for it. Just take it as a lesson. Look, when you go to school, you need to pay tuition in order to learn. Life offers you lessons for learning and you need a little tuition before you can graduate from University of of life and then achieve and reap the results of your investments. So maybe you haven't explained your goals enough. Maybe you haven't gotten enough counsel. Maybe that fear is there and you try to ignore it, but you need to address those fears as well and gently ask counsel from people who are wise and then get their opinions about it mm. that will greatly assuage the fear and the needless worries that should not have been there in the first place mm. yeah. yes you know that's what the bible says in the multitude of counselors there is wisdom yes yeah
1: seek wisdom yes. above all else <laughs> all right.
2: that's true that's true so in terms of
1: uh, on where you feel comfortable but there's just something about you that most people don't know or has the world oh
2: okay yeah, that's a good question, because this uh, question appeared yesterday, and it was my son who said it. People see me as a public figure. I love meeting new friends. I love uh, asking questions. I love learning from people. What they don't really know about me is that I am actually an introvert, and everybody in the family, they're all introverts. In fact, we are close to being antisocial, <laughs> wow. but we love being alone with each other. Uh, that 's why i don 't go to parties i don 't really uh, spend a lot of time doing a lot of uh, social activities apart from the fact that if they are helpful and yes. achieving goals i'm a very i 'm a very intense person concentrated on only doing the things that will add value to my life mm-hmm. and my success goals i 'm a firm believer in the Pareto principle yes. that if i 'll spend a minimum of uh, a few important things and stick to it it will deliver what 70 80 90 percent of my success goals and uh i'm a hopeless romantic <laughs> <laughs> people see me as analytical but my wife knows it very well our marriage is going stronger now that we're hitting 35 years of my marriage uh, wedding anniversary and uh there are a lot of other things about me that i would prefer to keep it private <laughs> <laughs>
1: well would you like to maybe share a, a guilty pleasure that is there something that you you where you kind of break the rules whether it be something you eat or just all
2: right this is this is where you will find that in everything i do there are intentionally done mm. my pleasure is in doing just one video game and that's NBA uh, YK Basketball, is that? 2K15, yeah. (laughs) Now it's going to be 2K16, right? (laughs) I only play one game, and I actually tweet and edit my players so that they are very high in percentages. (laughs) And I do that intentionally because it might have mental fatigue out from a talk, or if I'm uh, banging my my fingers on the keyboard trying to come up with an article and nothing is coming out i call that active resting do not let your mind rest but you divert your mind into something then i do one game and after that one game boom ideas begin to flow again so is that guilty pleasure maybe (laughs) but it's a guilty pleasure based on intentionality (laughs) no wasted moment yeah
1: so Francis, I want to get the full array of emotions sure. um, as possible. So anger, I, I really believe anger can be can be turned into a very positive energy.
2: Oh yeah. So I want
1: to find out from you uh, the question I, I usually ask people: Who do you want to punch in the face? Who or what? So what makes Francis Kong angry?
2: I don't normally punch people in the face, but I would love to kill them. <laughs> These are people who profess Christianity and mouth and memorize verses and chapters. But when you do business with them, they are opportunists. They are not righteous. They are unethical in doing business. Those people get into my nerves. I have done business with people who don't profess the faith, and I know how to handle them. And uh, you know what? The sad thing is sometimes they are even more righteous than those who profess Christianity. Because when you do business with them, your guards are down. And you trust them. And then they hit you back. And then when you confront them, they will shower you with a lot of Christian anecdotes and, and, and verses. And judge you and accuse you of being judgmental. I mean, these guys, I... I would rather I, I that get they they get on my nerves, and I would say, do me a favor: never tell people you are a Christian because you're not doing a good Christ a good favor with mm-hmm. the name you represent. Uh, you, you know, actually, these are the people that make me more angry than people who don't know Christ, and yet they do wrong things, because I used to come from that part. I know, in Christ, you're transformed you need to be doing things the right way and for you to be mouthing verses and yet not doing right things that is spiritual malpractice yeah Yeah, so that really gets into my nerves and i get into fights because of that (laughs) believe me Uh, they don't like me but i like to say that feeling is absolutely mutual okay
1: (laughs) So we talked about this. We had some juice and a coffee upstairs before this, but advice you would give the 20-year-old Francis?
2: Learn, study, be focused, be serious with life. Do not waste too much time doing digital games because time is equated with money and opportunity. You lose money, you can re-earn it. You lose energy, you can recharge. But once you waste time, it is irredeemable. Learn from those who have made it. Be humble to accept mistakes. Uh, Go through the process of discipline and discipline simply means you create a higher tolerance for adversity and pain. Don't just give up. Don't quit too soon. And then what you invest in, what you do will reap handsome rewards for you. And never, never, never compromise your biggest asset, which is your name never make promises you cannot fulfill do not destroy your reputation because at the end of the day your credit rating as a person will be your most important capital and asset for you to do business and to do future activities and so learn study read books attend seminars preferably mine (laughs) that part is not serious but uh, learn from the greats and uh attempt great things but in all things always remember what God says it is he who gives you the ability to create wealth and so put your trust in him walk in his ways and you'll never go wrong and never allow emotions to rule over your reason be a logical person who creates a healthy mindset of thinking. And let your emotions support that one, mm. and that will be your way to achieving success in life.
1: Mm. Yeah. So good, thank you us so much. Gold, thank That's you, it. thank you. So we're almost at the end. I've got one question left. Sure. Before I do, because I know you get interviewed a lot. You sure. Get, there's a lot of microphones put in your face. Yes. Whether it be on stage yourself. Yes. But is there a question that you haven't yet been asked in your interviews that you that you would ask your, that you'd want to talk to now?
2: Hmm. That is a question that uh, sparks a lot more questions in my mind. You see, when I've been asked questions, the truth is many questions are similar and it's so easy. But when a question from left field hits you, it makes you think that I'm very grateful because it starts the learning process again. Yeah. I guess the question that has been asked me all the time, and I'll give a very different answer is, what legacy would you like to leave behind? And my answer catches people unaware. I will always say, I haven't really thought about that and I frankly don't care. Why? Because what I care for is what I do in the now. What I do care for is being faithful in what I'm doing. And if what I do lives, something that is useful for other people, a legacy is what other people give to you. When you leave something behind, that's an inheritance. That's not really a legacy. So when people want to credit me with something that has been useful to them, then by all means I want to thank God for it and I want to thank them for it. But I'm not somebody who is so obsessed with wanting to leave anything behind because I think my mind is too obsessed with wanting to do more things ahead. The question that has not been asked me, which I hope they will ask, is what have I learned over the years in my walk with christ and uh, You know, in the issues of diversity, in the issues of wanting to be politically correct, that question has not been asked. But what I would like to answer is that everything. For me, Christ is the smartest person who ever walked the face of this earth. And studying Him and obeying what He says will make you the smartest person as well. And so in Him, I have learned a life that is fulfilling, In him, I've learned not to worry too much about tomorrow because God feeds the birds and if I'm more valuable than birds, he would feed me. In him, I have learned that his staunchest criticism was hurled against religious leaders, never the sinners. In him, I have learned to love people who have messed up and who have done wrong because in him, I know that I was once one of them. And I'd like other people to experience the same and perhaps let me share with you a quotation I got from Oscar Wilde that in himself is the antithesis of a person of faith but he did say something that is very beautiful he says every saint has a past and every sinner has a future and that's why we all need God's grace I I hope that question will be asked to me. That that will take me an hour to respond, and it's good they didn't ask me to. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that would have been wonderful for me. That's a, yeah. it's a
1: beautiful quotation from Moscow. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. So, this question is for the Filipino people. Right. So, I know you, you love this country mm-hmm. deeply, and, the, and it's OFWs all around the world. I do. What is your vision for this country and its people?
2: Becoming more educated becoming more intentional, becoming very disciplined, unleashing the creativity that God has given us as a natural gift, using that warmth and that hospitality, never to lose that, but then maintain our virtues of respect for elders, respect for authorities, never allowing ourselves to be bought with a price, especially during election times, to become more more intelligent and purposeful and to becoming more a blessing not only to this country but to the world. Filipinos are all over the world. I've spoken to them in every country. I've uh, addressed the OFW communities. They are there in a position of influence to use the same qualities of influence and actually influence the world. I think the Filipino today is ambassadors to the world and we can do that. And we are in the process of doing that. So I'm not giving up hope. In fact, my hopes are also high, and I know we can all do that collectively and together.
1: Uh, Francis Kong, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you. Thank you so God much. bless you. And there you have it, folks. Words of wisdom and inspiration from the one and only Francis Kong. So I am so grateful for Francis. I reached out to him on Facebook and to see him respond so positively that he would make some time for me what an amazing man. He's such, I I feel so blessed. I feel so grateful that he made time for us and he made time for me, you, and all the listeners listening to this. I uh, I've Nothing but good things to say about Francis. So thank, I'm so grateful for him for making time to really inspire me. And before we record it, we spoke for some time as well. And personally, he really encouraged me on, with the best of you to keep going to keep moving forward and to keep uh, to keep grounded so i'm very grateful to francis so thank you so much again for listening and we look forward to seeing you in another episode take care guys stay blessed
0: for more inspiring interviews and motivational messages, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll get the latest episodes in your mobile devices. You can also go to basv.ph and subscribe to our mailing list and get weekly updates and messages. You can also connect with us by following us on facebook.com slash on Twitter at ph or Instagram at bestview.ph, And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube for weekly Minute with Mike videos. That's all for now. Again, thank you for joining us here at Best of You, the home of inspiration for Filipinos around the world.